Good tidings, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Good Tidings Radio Broadcast. Can you believe it? Here we are, February the 10th, in the year of our Lord Jesus, 2024. We're thankful that you're tuned in this morning, and I am your radio pastor, Dr. David Pinkerton, and your Bible teacher for the next 25 to 30 minutes. We're glad you're tuned in. Let a friend know about WXAN Radio. Have them tune in to 103.9 FM if you're in the Southern Illinois or Southeast Missouri region. Or go to WXANradio.com, and when the page pulls up, click on the Listen Live button, and uh, tell them to tune in. We want to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ, evangelize the lost, and strengthen and exhort the brethren, and so much the more, as we see the day approaching for the Lord Jesus Christ. We're glad you're tuned in today. It is an honor and a privilege to be part of WXAN Radio, and I pray that you will Continue to support WXAN Radio prayerfully, faithfully, financially. Let others know about this wonderful ministry and uh, continue to encourage Brother Danny, Leanne, Will, and the good folks there at WXAN. Let them know what a blessing they are. And truly, they're being used of God to reach the lost and to exhort the brethren and to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and to provide some of the best Christian music this side of heaven for you every day. So we're grateful for them. Let them know that, okay? Hey, before we get into the sermon this morning, I want to share something with you as I do once in a while. I want to make an advertisement for a friend of mine. Folks, listen, if you haven't been to Golconda, Illinois, to Tanny's Chill and Grill, Tanny's Grill and Chill, rather. Sorry about that, Tanny. Tanny's Grill and Chill, right across from the Pope County Courthouse in Golconda, Illinois. You're missing something special. They got wonderful food down there. The portions are really, really fair. The pricing is really, really fair. The food is outstanding. Uh, the environment is so comfort, comfortable, relaxing, and just a wonderful place to enjoy a good dining experience just right next to the Ohio River. And while you're down there, run up on the levee and take a look at the Ohio. But I encourage you, go to Tanny's Grill and Chill in Golconda, Illinois, right across the street from the Pope County Courthouse. On Mondays, she's open from 10 a.m., 10.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. On Tuesdays, she's closed. On Wednesdays, from 10.30 to 7 p.m. On Thursdays, from 10.30 to 7 p.m. On Fridays, that's your fish night, from 8 in the morning until 8 p.m. And on Saturdays, from 8 in the morning till 8 p.m. And then on Sundays, from 9 in the morning until 3 p.m. Also, you can follow her on Facebook at Tanny's Grill and Chill. Uh, check out her daily specials. Got some wonderful specials. If you like good old-fashioned home cooking food, you're going to love this. So go down to Tanny's Grill and Chill, and I know she'll appreciate it. Let her know that you heard this encouragement from the Good Tidings radio broadcast, and uh, Brother Dave, and she'll be glad to give you a smile, okay? All right, I want you to open your Bibles this morning to two particular places, and here's what I want to do, something a little bit different. Okay, today is the 10th of February, and for all of you sports fans out there, tomorrow is February uh, Sunday, February the 11th. But it's Super Bowl Sunday, okay? So that's a big event. And for people like me, I used to just grew up in athletics. I enjoy athletics still to this day a lot. Uh, 
I'm not quite as fanatical about them as I used to be. Right now, I'm just uh, uh, fanatical about Jesus Christ and the gospel of Christ and winning souls and preaching the gospel, but I sure enjoy a good athletic event. I enjoy uh, all the local events, the uh, collegiate events here around in the area, the high school events and so forth, but the Super Bowl is going to be on Sunday. So let's break down the Super Bowl a little bit and uh, do a Bible teaching, a Bible lesson about how we can be Super Bowl Christians. Super Bowl Christians. Now, what are you talking about, Pastor Dave, when you say a Super Bowl Christian? Well, I want you to think about this. These athletes that play in the Super Bowl are phenomenal athletes. They've worked very hard, and they've done some things to get to that level. And um, when you think about what's going to be happening, happening during that Sunday night game, I'm going to kind of put it to you this way on a humorous side, okay? Sunday night, there's going to be a football game played called the Super Bowl. Millions of people who desperately need exercise will sit and watch a few guys who desperately need rest. In each play, these large men will face off across a line of scrimmage. A call will be made, leather will slap, bodies will collide and crash. And for four 15-minute quarters, men will expend enormous energy and Herculanean efforts to move a piece of pigskin up and down a field of grass. In the end, one team will emerge victorious. Well, what's it take to become a Super Bowl champion? Well, let me tell you. The one that wins the game, is gonna, they're going to exhibit five specific traits. And those traits are going to be, number one, the team that experiences that exhibits the greatest desire. Number two, the team that is the most disciplined. Number three, the team that has the most determination. Number four, the team that is willing to practice self-denial. Number five, the team that possesses the greatest distinction and character. And that's probably who's going to win that game. Well, as we think about that as well, as Christians, we've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. We've trusted him as our personal Savior, and I pray that you've done that too. As you know, Christ died on the cross vicariously, shed his blood in our place, paid the sinner's debt, was buried in the tomb, and resurrected the third day. And by grace, through faith in him and him alone, God will save you. Jesus Christ loves you. He's the display of God's love, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We are born sinners by our nature that we inherited from Adam, who sinned in the Garden of Eden. That sin nature was passed down to every child that's born even to this day. We reach an age of accountability where we stand before God, and we have to be accountable for our sins. Well, because of our sin nature, we owe God a sin debt, and we have nothing to pay that debt with. So God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He sent Jesus down to die on the cross, born of the virgin, living the sinless life, to die on the cross so that when Christ died on the cross, he took every sin you've ever committed or will commit, and he did that for all humanity. Those in the past, present, and future, sins of the whole world were laid upon Jesus. He became our substitute, and he shed his blood in our place. The Father looked down from heaven, saw that blood, and it was takes the shedding of blood for the atoning of the soul, and he received it, accepted it. Christ died vicariously on the cross. He was buried in the tomb, and three days later he was resurrected victoriously over death, hell, and the grave. 
And that's proof positive that God received the payment Jesus made with his blood and his sacrifice. And now any sinner that will come to Christ by faith and put their faith and trust in him and him alone will be saved. And God wants all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So if you're not saved today, nothing else in your life really matters. Won't you bow your head in a moment of sincerity from the, from the meanings of your depths of your heart, recognizing you're a sinner, you can't save yourself, and ask Christ to save you. Follow me in this simple prayer of faith. Jesus, please forgive me of all of my sins. Come into my heart and save me. I am trusting you and you alone to be my personal Savior and take me to heaven when I die. Amen. Now, if you've done that, folks, I want you to send me an email. My email address is drdave13 at gmail.com. drdave13 at gmail.com. And we'll send you some free information, steps in a new direction for how you can start living the Christian life and find out what God's will and purpose is for your life now that you've been redeemed. So now that you've been saved, we're called believers in Christ. So Christians is who we are. But just like there are five distinct distinct traits that make these athletes who play in the Super Bowl uh, Super Bowl worthy, there are five distinct traits that we Christians also can learn, can put into practice, and be, if you would, Super Bowl Christians for Jesus Christ. Now think about this. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Open your Bibles, 1 Corinthians chapter number 9. And verse number 24, let's read. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself may be a castaway. Now go to the New Testament book of Philippians, chapter number three, Philippians chapter number three, and look at verse number 12, and let's read. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after. I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now, in the Corinthian passage, Paul was speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and he was speaking of the Isthmian Games, which were held every two years in the city of Corinth. There, athletes would compete for crowns, and these crowns were made of leaves. However, Paul was encouraging Christians under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to compete for a prize with a more lasting significance than a Olympic medal, than a leaf arranged trophy or a Super Bowl trophy. So if we're going to be Super Bowl Christians, then we're going to have to do some things, okay? If we're going to be Super Bowl Christians, then we're going to have to do some things. And then what we're going to have to do, very simply... We're going to have to write these traits down, okay? These are traits for us to become Super Bowl Christians. Number one, a Super Bowl Christian has the trait of desire. 
the trait of desire. Paul is saying, run to win. When you're competing, run to win. Desire is to want something. Great desire is to want something so badly that you can taste it. Listen to Psalm 42 and verse 1. As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so my soul panteth after thee, O God. Think about that. The great Bible teacher J. Vernon McGee said that the highest desire that can possess any heart is a longing to see God. Such a desire for God should compel us and propel us to run with all that we have. Unfortunately, instead of going for the gold, we too often settle for the silver or the bronze. In fact, I'm convinced that most believers never venture too far past the starting line. Instead of straining and pressing on, we get comfortable on the sidelines. Vince Lombardi, the great uh, Super Bowl champion and coach of the Green Bay Packers, Vince Lombardi said, and I quote, The difference between a successful person and others is not a lack of strength, not a lack of knowledge, but rather a lack of will. End of quote. Paul had such a desire. He was, if you would, the old Bart Starr, the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. Paul was the Bart Starr. He was the Vince Lombardi of early Christianity. And until you're saved, folks, you have no desire of value, truly. Once you're saved, you receive worthwhile desires. The Holy Spirit lives in you now. Yet desire alone is not sufficient. Desires only take shape when they are accompanied by discipline. And a lot of us desire to get in shape physically, but without discipline, it won't happen. Listen to James chapter 4 and verse 2. Ye lust, and ye have not. Ye kill and desire to have, and cannot obtain. We think it like this sometimes. I may have the wanna, but if I don't have the gotta, I'm never going to have the getta. (laughs) So we have to be a Super Bowl Christian. The first trait we have to have is the trait of desire. The second trait we need to have to be a Super Bowl Christian for Jesus is discipline. Discipline. Discipline is the fuel of success. You may be the prettiest car in the showroom, but without gasoline, you're going nowhere. Without discipline in the Christian life, you'll never grow in, your, in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. You'll never be forever, or you w- rather you will be, You'll be forever doomed as a spiritual weakling, easy prey for Satan and his team of evil minions. Worse, you may be so weak that he decides that you're not even worth his efforts. Now think about this. You've been redeemed by the blood of Christ. You're more than a conqueror. But to attempt to live the Christian life without spiritual discipline would be like me climbing into the ring with Mike Tyson. Somebody's going to get hurt real bad. Well, Paul tells us that a competitor goes into strict training. He beat his body into subjection. He strained. He pressed on. And like a bodybuilder who adds more weight and extra repetitions in order to increase the muscle mass and the size of the muscle, Paul felt the burn, if you would, and he pushed on past it. You see, for us as believers in Christ, the children of God, redeemed by the blood of the crucified one, the Lord Jesus Christ, maturity in Christ doesn't just happen. It takes hard work. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7 says, Exercise thyself rather unto godliness. In Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 7, If ye endure chastening, that's hardship, God dealeth with you as with sons. 
as there are no shortcuts to peak physical condition, there are no shortcuts to peak spiritual condition. Tom Landry, the late great coach in the 70s of the Dallas Cowboys, said, and I quote, the job of a football coach is to make men do what they don't want to do in order to achieve what they've always wanted to be, end of quote. Most of us want to win. We just don't want to be disciplined. And until you're saved, not only do you not have a good desire, you don't have the discipline to accomplish anything of value. Folks, if you're not saved, nothing else matters. Christian, that's why you must hand out a gospel tract every day. Pray for someone who's saved, who's lost, that they would be saved. Show someone how to be saved. Witness to people. Discipline puts feet to a Christian's desire to become a Super Bowl Christian. Yet, to perform at the highest level, a Christian has to be determined. So let's consider number three, the third trait of becoming a Super Bowl Christian for Jesus Christ. The third trait, if you will, is determination. Determination. Focus and commitment. In other words, determination will determine. Focus and commitment or determination, that will determine whether or not you view Christianity as a recreational sport or as a serious full-time competition. Paul said we wore a good warfare. We're in a we're battle. We're, we're, we're in a battle. We're in a spiritual battle, folks. You've been redeemed by Christ, but you're in a spiritual battle against Satan and his minions. Unfortunately, commitment is a dying quality in a lot of American life. Commitment. It is a quality known in prior generations, yet woefully lacking in our current generations, unfortunately, and in some of my generation, the baby boomers. You know, it's just not, we need to understand, folks, commitment. When life gets tough, a lot of people check out. They check out other options, other alternatives. We see this trend in every area of life in American culture. Determination and stick to has become passe. Yet a Super Bowl quality performance cannot be achieved without determination. All life activities have their ups and downs. Only those who are committed to riding out the crests and the troughs will be, suc- will be successful. In Philippians chapter 3, Paul said he pressed on toward the goal. He was focused and committed to completing his own Super Bowl, if you will. He didn't give up on fourth down and long. He kept the end of the game in mind. Now, folks, this step is crucial. Without a laser point focus and determination as Christians, we'll fracture off into many, actually too many areas. We'll be disillusioned. We'll be distracted. And we'll become double-minded, the Bible calls it. The book of James tells us that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Are you committed to Jesus Christ? He's committed to you. He saved you. You're going to heaven. Are you committed? Are you determined to please the Lord in your life? Are you reading your Bible? Are you praying? Are you attending church? Are you caring for the needy? Are you being kind and gracious? Are you serving in the name of Jesus Christ for other people, to other people? Are you sharing the gospel with them, giving them a gospel tract? Every Christian should give a gospel tract out every day is my personal belief. But the book of James tells us that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways, and many many Christians today are not determined and committed to Christ. They're unstable. They're, They're distracted. You know, if we're saved and we've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, 
we can have desire, discipline, and be determined and have a determined commitment for Jesus Christ. And the next trait in becoming a Super Bowl Christian for Jesus is a natural outgrowth of the first three. Well, what is it, Pastor David? The fourth trait of a Super Bowl Christian is denial. Denial. Oh boy, I don't like this one, but let's talk about it anyway. The key to success in any venue is a willingness of sacrificing self, self sacrifice, denial. Like Tim Tebow, when we were told we weren't good enough and we can't measure up, we should agree. No, I can't, but I, but God can do it through me because I can do all things through Christ that strengtheneth me. And like Tim Tebow, once God gives us success, we should remember always remember how we got there and give him the glory and deny ourselves the glory, give him all the glory. Tim Tebow could have could he could make a lot of endorsement money, folks, if he would have ever compromised his convictions. But he didn't. He lived a, a Christian life of self-denial until he got married. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. Wherefore seeing we also are compassed with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. To sacrifice is to give up something for a specific purpose. To sacrifice, you pay a price to sacrifice. Vince Lombardi, the great Green Bay Packers coach of yesteryear, said, and I quote, success is like anything worthwhile. It has a price. If you have to pay the price to win, you have to pay the price to get to the point where success is possible. Most importantly, you must pay the price to stay there. End of quote. Folks, a Super Bowl Christian will sacrifice. There are things they will be willing to give up and things they will want to do for the Lord Jesus. They're going to give up pet sins. They're going to take on a burdensome cross for Christ. They're going to give up a few freedoms and luxuries. They're going to take up submission to Christ to make him the Lord of our life. To make Jesus the Lord of your life means to do everything he says. He has to become your Savior first by trusting Him to be saved. And then as you submit to His will for your life and His teachings and practice His teachings, He becomes the Lord of your life or the Master. And we submit must submit our will to His will. In doing things, folks, God will change us and make us to be more like Jesus. So the beauty of sacrifice and the burden of sacrifice is that it's, it's not just a one-time event. The Super Bowl Christian, like the Super Bowl athlete, continues to train and sacrifice. There is no off-season. There is no retirement. Paul did not rest on his laurels, not even when he was old. He continued to press on. He knew that the goal was still a few yards ahead. He couldn't reach it until his eyes closed in death. And the final trait of this element, folks, of being a Super Bowl Christian for Jesus is the fifth trait of a Super Bowl Christian is distinction. Tim Tebow's sideline prayers are what made him a champion on the field, and they are obviously rooted off the field. That prayer is distinctive. It stands out, but it's rooted in character. Charles Reed, the English novelist and drama, dramatist, wrote, and I quote, So an act, you reap a habit. So a habit, you reap a character. So a character, and you reap a destiny. End of quote. Without exception, every Super Bowl, every successful Super Bowl team has a game plan that integrates all the elements of their training into a winning strategy. 
And for the Super Bowl Christian, character is the element that integrates desire, discipline, determination, and self-denial and puts it all together. This will make us a Christian of distinction, a distinct difference in our lives. Like they said in the book of Acts about the early believers, the people that take a notice that they had been with Christ. Can the world tell? Can your family tell? Can your spouse tell that you've been with Christ? Distinction for the Christian can be be defined as Christ-likeness. Are we more like Jesus this year? Are we growing in the grace and knowledge of him to look more and more like the Savior? That's why Paul was training so hard. In Philippians 3.10, he said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Now, ladies and gentlemen, there's going to be a Super Bowl game played Sunday night. And who knows, it's going to be the, it looks like it's going to be the Chiefs or the 49ers. But I pray that you're saved, you're on Jesus' team, and you recognize that being a Super Bowl Christian is more important than winning the Super Bowl or having your favorite team win the Super Bowl, although there's nothing wrong with that. Won't you desire to be a Super Bowl Christian and put these five distinctions into your life for the Lord Jesus Christ? Won't you do that? God has a purpose and a plan for your life. He loves you. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You were born in sin, and Jesus gave you the second birth when you trusted him by faith as Savior, and the Holy Spirit now abides in you. Go to church. Worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Take your Bible. Grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. Read your Bible every day. Put it into practice. Pray for your pastor. Pray for the leaders of this country. America needs strong leadership. And folks, we don't have it. We have corrupt leadership right now. And we should pray that God will remove the evil and corruption from the White House and from the State House and from the governorship and wherever the local entities may be and replace it with Christian people who know him, who have Bible-believing Christian distinctives as their principles, who are constitutionally based and will believe and follow after these well-meaning documents, the Bible first and the Constitution secondly. But folks, pray for revival. God wants to revive us. He wants to revive America. And it's okay to cheer for the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is fun. Like I said earlier, I like athletics. But the most important thing is Jesus. Put him first in your life. Tell others about him. Act more like him. Read and study more about him so we can become more like him. Because it's Jesus Christ who is the champion. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he's coming again one day soon. If you're saved, you'll go. If you're lost, you'll be left behind. And then, Christian, you're going to stand before him and receive crowns at the Bema Seat Judgment. Are you going to be a Super Bowl Christian and win the game because you've kept focused on Jesus? I pray that you will. You pray for me. I'm praying for you. It's a blessing to always have you around. This is the Good Tidings Radio Broadcast. I am your radio pastor and Bible teacher, Dr. David Pinkerton, and we pray that God's blessings will be great upon you this day and that you'll receive and understand good tidings to you and to those around you. Keep looking up. Jesus is coming. Keep smiling. God is still in control. God bless you all. Good tidings, everyone. Yes. 
Sofia Nath. Yes, sir.